The didgeridoo means it's time for the Australia News Desk. Here's two of the craziest guys we could find south of the equator. It's Steve Vischer and Grant McHaren from the Plain Crazy Down Under podcast. Dateline, 17th of February, 2014. Ah, 2014. It's still hard to get used to saying that, I reckon. But uh, welcome, folks, to the Australia Desk for episode 287. Grant, uh, how are you? Sound a bit tired, mate. Uh, It's been a bit of a long day. Uh, Lots going on with the day job. Plus, I was up pretty late the night before, getting a few things sorted out for uh, playing crazy. Ah, well, it's it's good to see you working for the company, mate. Working for a good cause. Uh, I think so, yes. Yeah, well, we've got something a little bit different on the segment this week. We're going to interview someone who produces another wonderful blog down here in this part of the world, and that's Mike Yo, and he produces a blog called thebaseleg.com. Mike, uh, welcome to the show. Thanks, Steve and Grant. It's good to talk to you guys. Now, Mike, uh, you're a Singaporean, I think, originally, but you're based down here in Melbourne these days, and uh, I tell you what, with the Base Leg blog, uh, you get out and, you know, we often think we do some pretty cool things and get some great photography, but uh, you have some fantastic access yourself. Uh, yes, I tried to get around. Well, looking at the latest one, which is the uh, Chinook, uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty good, getting on board one of those. They're a beast of a machine, aren't they? Oh, yes, they are. Um, Loud, noisy, and the vibration when you're flying on board is just another thing. And with the Singaporean Air Force, um, it was a bonus to get on board one of the helicopters because... Uh, in case you didn't realize, they're actually a very pretty secretive organization and they're very tight on security. So to be able to get a chance to get on board was quite uh, cool, you might say. Now you talk about that Chinook there that's actually featured on the uh, the top of your blog at the moment at the thebaseleg.com. Uh, Singaporean Air Force, there's a reason for that because you've just been over at the Singapore Air Show. Yes, that's right. Um, I spent the last week over at the Singapore Air Show, which is a air show that's held every two years in Singapore, just off the famous Changi International Airport. Okay, now uh, tell us a bit about that air show, Mike. Uh, you know, we'd love to get over there. In fact, uh, obviously one of the bigger air shows in this region of the world. Um, yes, the Singapore Air Show was definitely one of the bigger um, air shows in this region. Uh, for example, this year, the organizers had announced that there were $32 billion US dollars worth of um, commercial sales that were racked up over the trade days that were held between the 11th and the 14th of February. Puts it right up there with the uh, the big ones of Farnborough and, uh, of course, Le Bourget, and uh, not to be uh, moved out by the, uh, the uh, Middle Eastern show at, uh, at Dubai. Dubai, yeah. So yeah, that's 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 some serious uh, serious money changing hands. Oh yes, <laughs> but the show mainly focuses on the commercial side of things and less of the military. Even though there is a undercurrent of um, insecurity in the region these days. So that's interesting in itself. I know with our experience uh, looking at uh, Avalon, I guess is the one that we're most familiar with here, um, there seems to be an increasing influence of military on, on that air show. But interestingly, you're saying that you know there's more of a commercial influence with the Singapore air show. I guess there's been a lot of growth in the, uh, you know, basically the civilian airliner market in that part of the world. So I guess that really shows through in this air show. Yes, and I guess because um, most militaries, they tend not to want to do their business out uh, an air show like this they prefer to do their deals um, off-site but there's definitely a lot of um, military interest looking at the equipment looking at the um, whatever products on display at the show yeah look and uh, do the deals offline later <laughs> yeah that's right so which would be uh, of some of the some of the bigger uh, deals and bigger operators that you saw there was there anything that really sort of stuck out to you in this air show yeah at the air show this time there, as I was just telling Steve earlier there are three military aerobatic display teams from around the region 
it made quite an impact on this show because uh, it's not very often that we get three display teams coming yeah. to one show in the region. We had the Black Knights from Singapore flying their F-16s and we also had the Black Eagles from South Korea with their T-50 trainers and the Indonesian Jupiter team were also there flying their KT-1 trainers. It was great to see the teams performing. The problem was the weather didn't quite cooperate during the uh, days I was there, it was pretty hazy and made photography very difficult. Obviously, uh, this is a segment about this part of the world and, you know, here in Australia. So we want to obviously see if there was any Australian participation in the Singapore Air Show. Um, the Royal Australian Air Force, you were telling us off air, had a, a brief display. Yes, they had a pair of um, Super Hornets down from Amberley and one of them would take part in the daily area display. But there were no RAF aircraft up on display on the static display. No static display. It's interesting, isn't it? I was just, you know, I often think when we go to places like Avalon, you can bring your, your cameras out, but uh, if you start walking behind those aircraft with your cameras, the uh, the RAF security people are usually a little bit uh, anxious about that. So I'm just wondering, I wonder if that's uh, why they didn't land those planes. Maybe there's, you know, as you said, there's a lot of conflict in the region. Maybe they don't want to be showing those planes off too closely to people. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, we made, um, there were quite a few jokes about the um, relatively large um, mainland Chinese presence at the show, so mm. that we, was, we were joking that um, they probably couldn't be allowed to take too many photos of the top secret uh, inlets on the Super Hornets. <laughs> there you go. Well, that's interesting in itself, Mike. Uh, what what sort of aircraft were the Chinese showing off? I mean, uh, you know, the only, as with everything else, they're trying to establish themselves as a, an aircraft manufacturing nation. Uh, you know, they manufacture everything else, so why not aircraft? Were they, uh, you know, trying to promote their brands of aircraft? Yeah, that was actually one of the big talking points of Chinese. Um, they were supposed to bring down their aerobatics display team the August 1st with the J-10 fighter to the show Mm. and they were supposed to be performing at the area display as well but for some reason it was cancelled at the last minute and they just didn't turn up. No no one knows for sure why. There were the usual mm, speculation and gossip but no one could really pin down a, a, a real reason why the Chinese didn't show up. Interesting. But yeah. there was quite a few of them there on the ground walking around looking at everyone else, right? Yes, that's right. And the yeah. Chinese companies had quite a big presence there in terms of the booth in the exhibition area. They had their various um, aerospace companies displaying their products at the show, but there were actually no airframes there. So lots of models and uh, lots of brochures and lots of talking, but uh, no real uh, aircraft that you could go up and uh, kick the tires, so to speak. Yeah, no, not this time. Okay. Now... Singapore, of course, being a, uh, a major, with Changi being a major hub, you've got Singapore Airlines, of course, with uh, Scoot and Silk Air. Uh, who else was there on the airline front? Well, Qatar brought one of their new um, Boeing 787s uh, and put them on a static display. And um, Airbus actually brought in one of the um, A350s to do um, static and flying displays. I think it was um, MSN-03 that was on the ground. How did the A350 look against the 787? Oh, it's definitely bigger than the 787. But the thing that jumped up at you in the flying display segment was that it is really quiet, even while watching from the ground. Even quieter than the 787? Did they have that on display, on flying display? No, just the A350 uh, this time. Okay. Yeah. Nice, nice, quiet. Because, yeah, I think the A350 is more the Dash 9, Dash 10 kind of size for the 787. Yes, that's correct. No, well, I'm, um, sure, I'm sure we'll look forward to seeing a few of those in our skies uh, in, in future years. Well, we're going to have a Dash 9 pretty soon, uh, later this year or at the latest early next year with uh, Air New Zealand, but they're likely to bypass Melbourne with them and go uh, Auckland to Perth, I believe. But uh, uh. the general rule of thumb is that the Dash 9 is probably the um, 787 that Boeing wanted to have from the start. <laughs> They've learned a lot from the Dash 8, you know. 
Well, Mike, uh, thanks for joining us on the show tonight. Once again, folks, you can check out Mike's uh, fantastic blog there at thebaseleg.com. We'll put a link in the show notes for uh, this week's episode. Mike, uh, what's the next uh, project for you? I know you've just had a, a whirlwind trip to Singapore and back, but uh, what's the next uh, adventure for you aviation-wise? I'm actually looking forward to the um, ref centenary of av- aviation over at Point Cook in early March. I'm not quite sure if I'm still going. Unfortunately, the day job's been keeping me busy. <laughs> There's a yeah. common theme. <laughs> Yeah, I, I can sympathise with that, mate. <laughs> yes, we're both uh, heading off to that one, so uh, we'll have to make sure, if you are there, that we catch up with you. Oh, yes, definitely. No worries. Mike, thanks for joining us here on the Australia Desk. All right, nice talking to you guys. Thanks, Grant. Thank That's you. everything we have for you on this week's edition. I guess uh, we'll wrap it up there, and we'll talk to you all next week. Until then, I'm Steve Vischer. And I'm Mike Yule. And I'm Grant McCarran. Cheers, folks.